0: you're listening to a dm podcast
1: welcome to one beer wonder a podcast by the football shed We take one topic theme person or subject from the football world and talk about it for the amount of time it takes us to drink one beer when the beer is done we are done
0: We got Hello Fresh this week. Do you know Hello Fresh? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a fucking waste yeah. of time. <laughs> that is. <laughs> you, is that why you've got loads of meat in the fridge? It's just so annoying, right? So you know that usually when you get food, you get these food things, right? They send you meals. Yeah. It's Hello Fresh sends you ingredients. Yes. So you have to cook it. You all. have to cook them. Yeah. It's just the same as going to the shops. It's why do not you just get the shops? <laughs> and it's like a little little bag of onions and garlic. I'm like, I literally in the cupboard have an onion and some garlic. Like, what are we doing here? And then you have got not that you have got to read the instructions. Like so now I've got instead of cooking a meal that I know how to cook I've got to cook a meal that I don't know how to cook with ingredients from a little bag that I've got the actual fresh the hello fresh 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 ingredients in the cupboard and the food isn't quite as good as what you would normally make
1: yeah it does see <laughs> It's it's a complete waste of time. And it's really expensive, isn't it? Well, it was they, a, do
0: the, they do big discounts when you get it first. Free, it was free. This week was free. First week free, if oh, you yeah. subscribe. So we subscribed and then obviously we've let that lap, So it's coming next week too. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. I got
1: a um, one week free when it, Brit was in Iceland for three months. So it was just me. And I got like enough food for four people for a week. <laughs> <laughs> and I, got, I just ate the same food for like a month. I was like, I'm really bored of That's this It's just now. totally
0: pointless. Same price to get takeaway. Just get takeaway. You don't have to yes. cook, or cook, or just cook, just cook from the shop, buy stuff and cook it. But decide <laughs> yourself, don't be forced into like having battered fish and couscous, like have battered fish and chips, because so you're you get to choose the boss. what meals you're going to eat? Yeah, but they look so good on the website. It's because uh, they're made by somebody who knows what they're doing. Well, yeah, not me, <laughs> just a little bag, fish in a bag, <laughs> uncooked fish in a bag. Um, so,
1: Jeff, what do you want to talk about tonight?
0: Look, well, it's International Week, so... I didn't you know, we're not gonna do a normal shed today. I will do a bit of a one be wonder, John, because yep. International Week is just so pointless. And yep.
1: uh, so that's my question for you. Okay. Um before we get stuck into it, yeah, we should say Roger's on holiday because Well, that's what Roger does as soon as <laughs> you can go away. Roger's gone on holiday. And yeah, you're right, because it's international week, you're a bit like Well, we could talk about England for half an hour and then go, that's really boring. So we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about whether international football is pointless over a beer. Um, But also, before we get into it, I feel like we should talk about our new Facebook group, the Shedders and Volleys, which has started this week and um, has gone really well.
0: I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. So for everyone who's already posting and interacting, I just think it's brilliant. It's great to have an outlet for like-minded people who want to talk about pointless football. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. The fact that Roger isn't even on there... And gets bullied the most. Gets a kick in. One day he's going to log on to (laughs) Facebook for the first time in his life and go whoa Every, everybody hates me i love it I mean, it's, it's so, so genius yeah
1: um so yeah for everyone at home just uh go on the facebook group and find shedders and volleys and uh keep the conversation going um also this week we recorded our ref special with um alay and jack from ref coach on monday which was very exciting um it went really well i enjoyed it
0: i loved it i thoroughly loved it i felt a bit sorry for them because we put them on the spot a few times in the interview but they coped admirably um (laughs) so it's gonna i mean it's gonna be an insightful listen when um when When, we we finally (laughs) edit when we finally edit it and put it up and i think having the insight of people who know so um So they know the details so well that the questions you ask, you get an actual real response. It's like listening to a TED Talk. You know, the difference between listening to to someone in the pub and a TED Talk... We yeah. are the people in the pub, John, and <laughs> yeah, they are a the, TED Talk. the TED Talk. So it, it's just, it's a great listen. It's quite insightful. Yeah. So we've spoke about a few current situations that are, that are going on. So make sure you listen to it when it comes out. It's really good stuff.
1: And also just to kick Rog again, we now know more about refereeing than Rog. So when Rod whinges next week about, oh, this happened, that happened, we can say, well, we actually know. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to pull out an actual bit of information from my <laughs> not an ass. Actual but, fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Ref Coach podcast, My Life on the Line, um, they've got a new episode out today, um, which is with the head of Scottish referees, Crawford Allen, which is the most Scottish name of all time. Um, Crawford Allen, yes. I know, I thought it was Allen Crawford, but it's not, it's Crawford
0: Allen. Do you think this is like the, the one week where he's
1: positive? Oh, I, I listened to it. I, I haven't listened to it all yet. I listened to a bit today. It's quite positive for a Scottish bloke. Well, they just qualified, didn't they? Like, this, this is oh, it. This is their week. <laughs> this, this is it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's the head of the Scottish Referees and they talked to him this week. So check it out. Yeah, I'll listen to that one too. I think that'll be great. Okay, Jeff, let's get into it. Let's open our beer. Let's do our one beer wonders. Okay, I'm ready. Cheers, John.
0: Cheers. Um, so is international football... Pointless. No, it's the pinnacle. Well, this is the thing, John. I don't think it is, and <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad that it's you here, not Rudge, because I know that you have quite a, um, quite a lot, more of a love for international yes. football than I do. You, yeah. I'm not going to say you're more nationalistic, but you back lots of I, things that are England, don't you?
1: I'm excited about watching the game at 6:45 in the morning tomorrow against Iceland. But that's it, yeah. And, and you, you love watching the English
0: cricket team. You like English yes. rugby. You like watching England teams, yes. right? Yeah. I like watching Everton. Yeah, uh, but so so international football used to be the the pinnacle, right? We used
1: to. You, it, it was yeah, the, no, yeah. Current, I'll let you finish. Before yeah, I, yeah. Okay. Go well,
0: it used to be the pinnacle, and I'm sorry if this isn't well thought through. a one be one that doesn't have to be. I don't have a research sheet here. It used to be the pinnacle, and when you were really good for your club, you get picked for the pinnacle of your career, which is playing for your country. Yes. Now, I'd argue that that hasn't been the case for a long time, and. Yeah international teams are no way near the standard of the league teams that we are all into whether it's a team from Italy or the Premier League or whatever it is no way near I'd I'd also say let let me go on a diatribe here John I'd also say that (laughs) the style of international teams is only a poor reflection of the style of the individuals that play for them I'd say that there is no there used to be but there, there is no national identity of a style
1: yeah, okay, so it used to be like, England play long exactly, ball. Exactly right, yeah. yeah. That it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah.
0: All it is is a collection of players that play better for their teams because they're with them every week, they're coached, they play yeah. a certain style, and all they do is they bring their type of football to a group of players that they meet for five weeks yeah. a year, just, you know, randomly, and it's a different group of players because different players
1: are on form, hoping that when they get to an international tournament, they get a good draw. Um, It does the standard not being as high mean it's less important. Because what I'm saying is, yes, I agree, the standard's not as high, and you'd probably argue that Champions League football is the highest standard of football in the world. Yeah, I agree, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so international football, the standard's not going to be as good, but winning a World Cup is the biggest accolade you can get ever. So winning the World Cup or winning the Euros, not quite as big as a World Cup, or winning the African Cup of Nations, but World Cup is the pinnacle and that has to be the biggest thing, as a kid, to win the World Cup would be the greatest thing ever. Yeah,
0: but if, you, if, you, if we were both 65 years old, we would say winning the FA Cup is the pinnacle.
1: No, because like, the, no, the World Cup was still bigger than the FA Cup then. The FA Cup was the biggest thing in the UK, but the World Cup was still always the biggest. I don't know,
0: I, I think the World Cup is... Uh, okay, I'll just keep going. It's yeah, one yeah. bit of wonder, right? I think the World Cup is a lesser standard than the Euros,
1: Yes, no, I can agree with that. Because
0: there has to be a balance of teams from different confederations and those teams have a very different
1: um, standard of football spread across them. So you're saying you'd rather see Everton win the Premier League than England win the World Cup? Absolutely right. Absolutely, really? without a shadow of a doubt. Because I've invested so much of my life
0: in watching Everton. Every week I watch Everton. Every week I, I care. I read news every day. I do not do that about England players. Well, maybe
1: and maybe okay on the international football. You um, it, Premier League football, day to day football is twenty four seven. There's seventy five million podcasts talking about it. There's newspapers that, that are purely football. There's websites. It's constant news. Constant. Constant international football actually only matters about six or seven games once every two years. So the faff that goes on in the middle, so we have the Mm -hmm. Nations League and the qualifying, which is over easy and all the big teams get in. It's like an extended group stage of the Champions League, which is crap. Which is pointless, yeah. Because we all go through the group stage of the Champions League going we know the top 2 seeded teams are going to get through then they get and, through and then but then so you're so international football for me is about those 6 or 7 games at a world cup or euros that're really important so the qualifying the friendlies the nations league don't really matter all they are is an international manager trying to suss out his team to be really good for six game tournament at the end of it yeah i, no, I get that I agree with that.
0: The whole thing is pointless. Like you're going to say the whole thing is pointless minus those seven games. I get, I get that because I, I also... But you're to Don't something. get me wrong. I enjoy the World Cup. Yeah. I'm not sitting here as a cold-hearted like, spinster going, no, I'm not going to watch the World Cup because it's pointless. I would rather watch Everton. Yeah. I'm not saying that. The World Cup's fucking awesome. Mm. Like, we know that. It's amazing. Life stands still for seven weeks. Yep. It's the best. But what I'm saying is that the football it represents is pretty pointless. So mm. let me... Okay, best team in the world right now, Belgium.
1: Yeah, officially, officially on, the, on fever, the rankings. Which
0: again is another example of international football <laughs> yeah. being completely pointless. The rankings pointless. are pointless. It's yeah, completely pointless. Yeah. Like, they might as well be cricket rankings. The whole thing's nonsense. Anyway, sorry, we're not going to get to cricket no, rankings. No, yeah. but, but So Belgium are the best team in the world. Do Belgium play like a Belgian style of football? No, no, there is no Belgium style of football. No, so you know, is Martinez's style of football the Belgium coach? Is Martinez's style of football the best style of football in
1: the world? Well, and we've had this discussion about Martinez as an international manager because he's the manager of the best team in the world. Is Martinez the best manager in the world? Exactly right. Yeah, no way. There is, but they the FA don't have huge money in Belgium. The best he could afford, they could afford, was Martinez. But what I like about international football is that you have this weird mishmash of players. You can't sign someone. You can't just go, mm. oh, a left-back's crap. I was going to buy a left-back. You've got to deal with whoever you've got. You've got to play Wayne Bridge left-back or whatever. So it's, it's
0: instantly it's a lesser quality.
1: Yes, but that's what I like about it is it's that collective, we're all a bit shit, so let's work this out together. And then that's why you have things like Iceland be amazing because they have this collective team environment that means they do really well. OK, I get that point. But, you know, Iceland are
0: better than some other teams because they have some players who appear regularly in better leagues than some other teams, than Turkey, for example. Or, yeah. So let's say... OK, let me, let me pitch an alternative. And I'm, I'm thinking yeah. on the fly here, right? Would it be more of a representation of something and not nothing mm. if there was a, a best-of team from each league in each country?
1: I would love to see that. It's never going to happen... But it would be brilliant if you had a Premier League 11 against a La Liga Well, I mean, because that in itself, that is actual representation of the country. So, so,
0: English players playing for England do not represent the way the Premier League plays. And when when, but, when foreign players come into, um, come into the league, they say, you know, it takes them a lot, lot of time to adjust to English football. They call yeah. it English football. What they're talking about is the Premier League yes. or the Championship. Well, they're saying it takes a lot of time to adjust. It's much quicker, much far, fast paced. That's not because of all the English players. That's because of the way the league has evolved and developed to go, this is the standard we expect in this country.
1: But, so, the richest league always will win. So that's the thing. Champions League football, you have the best, and generally the richest teams Wins They're always at the top. The Premier League is the richest league in the world. It will probably win. International football, money to a point doesn't matter. You're not getting paid to play. There's obviously money in the FAs, etc. Different FAs have more money than other FAs, but you're stripping it all the way back to actually, it's just like kids football. It's the same. I could play if I was the best kid in school, and I got picked for England schoolboys, I play for them because I'm the best. It's not anything to do with my club I play for, the money I have or whatever, or I've just been signed or I'm on big wages or a big win bonus. It's just you're the best guy around for this team and you happen to live, you were born in this little bit of land. Well, that's
0: that's it. It's like, um, you know, I'd say that a best of La Liga would represent Spanish football more appropriately than the Spanish team you'd argue that the Spain team is a best of La Liga but then Fabregas shouldn't have a spot you know in his time you'd argue that the best of the Premier League would represent English football better than not having a
1: sufficient cover at left back of English players but you'd have the dirtiness of the money involved well yeah yeah yeah, I get that so that's what I'm saying about the international football is I get that like the international breaks are a bit boring and the Nation League was fun for the first year it happened and now we're all bored of it already. Like it's a bit better that people of a similar standard, teams of a similar standard play each other. I get that there's always fluff in the middle that's really dull and it's really boring. But basically what we're watching in international football is two years of preseason friendlies. You're Watching pre season friendlies and going, we'll try this guy in goal, we'll put this guy on for 45 minutes, we'll play Trent Alexander. It's pointless, John. It's yeah, (laughs) so so but but is it pointless because you need a pre season for your season, don't you?
0: How depressing is that 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 if we're going to accept that two
1: years is pre season for seven weeks? But that but that's how people win tournaments, so that's so South um South Korea, sorry, during the 2002 world cup when the world cup was in korea and japan they took all their players out of their league teams and just went right we're going and we're going on a two-month camp and we're doing pre-season same with russia when it was in russia yeah yeah. and they took everyone out and went we got to perform well it's our home tournament let's get everyone together let's train they got to the semi-finals south korea got to the semi-finals like that was not expected that shows that international football you need some kind of camaraderie and team and you need some kind of thing to work on international managers only have at the moment these weird little two week breaks where they've got to chuck three games in to kind of go we've got to do preseason we've got to work out a system we've got to work out an alternative system we've got to try players in different positions we've got to try different pairings together so it is all preseason but then it's
0: all but then it's all it's all pointless because those players can they be injured and they're starting again with a preseason with nothing so, so okay right yeah. if you are adopted you're an adopted yeah. kid, right? And you're brought. Let's say you're Fresh Prince, okay? Okay, you, you are Fresh Prince. I do get compared to you're Fresh Prince. Brought up by Uncle Phil, Bel Air. Yeah, like cool. Like you, yeah. you, you, you and Jazzy. You know, you're, you're <laughs> releasing tunes. Chill out with Carlton. Everything is cool. That, yeah. you're representing. You Roger know, would be Carlton. Yeah, you, know, you. Yeah, of course <laughs> he would. Yeah, but th- that's your world that you live in. Yeah. So, so suddenly, once every two years, you go back and you have to represent your dad who gave you away. Who, by yeah. the way, didn't show up when he was meant to show up and made Fresh Prince cry. And I will never <laughs> forget that scene. Never forget that scene. But so, 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 why are you stuck representing your, your, Original parents who gave you up, who sent you to live with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air, instead of your adopted family that you represent
1: more. Because so let's say uh, pr- you'd be proud of your roots though. So if, if I like Are you his dad was a cunt, John? No, no. but no, but, but <laughs> football was sense. Um a lot of footballers do a lot of good that doesn't get talked about, and it's great that Rashford's in the news recently because of the good he does. Um, and the Daily Mail released a horrible article this week, which I won't go down, but that's just a horrible Daily Mail thing. Um, but footballers don't get highlighted for the amount of work they do. Salah, for example, or back in Egypt, just ploughs money into grassroots football, into helping families out. Mane is exactly the same in um, Senegal. Um, and they plough money back into these communities and are really proud of, one, where they've come from, and two, where they've got to. So if I'm Sadio Mane and I am playing for Liverpool and winning the league, winning Champions League, doesn't mean I forget that I'm Senegalese and that I care about where I'm from and what I care about and I want to give back to that community. And if I could represent that community on the world stage at the World Cup, huge honour. Like the biggest oh, honour. I
0: get it. Look, I, I absolutely get your point. I just think that there is a, probably a distinction that we need, need to make b- between the, kind of the nationalism or versus the representation of a nation, yeah. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. So, so to be nationalistic is to be proud of where you, where you're yeah. where you're from, you know. And you might be proud that you're from West Philadelphia, born and raised. Yes. Right. And as is <laughs> as, is fresh, as is fresh Prince, he's yeah. proud of that. That's cool. That made him who he was. Yeah. But there is a difference between being proud of that and then actually when you pre- perform a function, representing that function to the to the most. Applicable um, form. So, so if you're, um, so if you, if you're, your Mo Salah, for example, or no, let me let me choose choose another example. A, a player who's played in England. There, let's choose Cesc Fabregas. Yeah, Cesc Fabregas was uh, a Premier League. Legends, yeah. I'd say that he was, he was a cultured footballer, but he absolutely represented the way Premier League football was played at that time. Yeah. I'd say that for him, yes, nationalistic Spain, mm. but if you were going to present his craft on the world stage, you, it would be better to present the reality of where his craft has been honed and where his
1: craft is being displayed than his own sense of nationalism. But, what, but that's the whole point of the World Cup though, isn't it? Is representing your country rather than where... You, like, I go, I'm go. i Cesar Abagas, I play for Arsenal and Chelsea or whatever and I represent them week after week and I give 120% for the fans and I care about them when I'm w- working for them and paid for them. But at the end of the day, when I'm in a World Cup, I want to lift the World Cup for Spain. I don't want to lift the World Cup for the Premier League. Well, that's it. I mean, you, you
0: make it sound <laughs> seedy, but, you're, but you're, you're probably right. Maybe we need a new competition that is essentially an All-Stars. Yeah, the, the MLS used to do it. So the, in, in the States, they used to have an MLS All-Star game. They might still do it. I'm sorry for those listening in yeah. America. They might still do it. We have an MLS game at the end of the year. And you know, whoever was on their big money tour, yeah. whether it's Man United or whatever, the MLS All-Stars versus Manchester United. And that was something of pride. We used to do it here in Australia. There was yeah. an A-League All-Stars before we realised there yeah. were no stars in the A-League. And that <laughs> just, just A-League players. I remember LA Galaxy came over when David Beckham played for LA Galaxy yeah. against the A-League All-Stars and it was just like... It's pretty embarrassing. It was the David Beckham show where we were trying to be All-Stars here. But it was not good, not good. But maybe there should be some, some version of that. And uh, perhaps we'd say that that would be the pinnacle of football.
1: Well, okay, let me change the ta- tact of this. If you scrapped all pre-season international football, as I'm calling it, so you didn't have the games that happened in the middle. The two years. The two years. Um, I don't know how you would do qualifying, but I haven't thought this through. But say you had the World Cup and Euros at the end of every two years. But what happened? Because you've got rid of that international breaks in the middle, the league season finishes earlier and you have... Six weeks or a month at the end of the season, where the international managers go, you, 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 you are the best for my country. Come and train with me for a month, and then you have the World Cup and you have the Euros. Would you enjoy that more? So you wouldn't have any international football in the middle.
0: Yes, I think that would be an upgrade on the current situation. But I, I guess part of my problem this week came from the. Um, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pick on him, but the inclusion of Jude Bellingham. Yeah. And, and I, don't get me wrong, I'm excited about Jude Bellingham. Yeah. I think it's great. And to be honest, I'm just excited about English players playing overseas. Yes. Yeah. I think it's a great thing. You know, yeah. 15 years ago, you Wasn't didn't have it. Yeah. Jonathan Woodgate went and, to Madrid yeah. and injured himself <laughs> and got set off. And then that was about as good as it got. You know, so I like that English players play overseas. I'm, I'm excited to see Jude Bellingham. I'm excited to see James Sancho. But then I think, actually, Jude Bellingham is on a is on a developmental stage of his career. Mm. So playing in the England team is just another stage of his club development. And you could argue that Hudson-Odoi had exactly the same. When he played for England, oh, he got injured, so it might be a yep. bit different. But when Hudson-Odoi played for England, it was just another rung of his co- of his club development. Mm. So Chelsea were happy to let him go to England because it made him a better player to come back to Chelsea. And you're thinking,
1: well, actually, if we're are we accepting that... International football is a development league? Well, I I wouldn't say it's a development league, but I think there's an understanding, going back to your original point, that international football is not as good as Premier League football. So Hudson-Odoi plays for Chelsea, can't get in the team. Mm. However, he's good enough to play for England. So there's that kind of balance of, you have a squad... You'd argue that happens all
0: over the place. yeah. Yeah. Players that are on the bench for for whomever who start up front for them. I mean... Jake Tosson starts and scores for Turkey every week, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. He plays every week for Turkey, does really well, scores goals, is nowhere near the Everton team. So it happens all the time. But also there's something that's happening more and more is that younger players, just because of the way the world is, you can play for lots of different countries. So I'm a citizen of Australia now. So if I was good at football and 18, I could play for Australia and England. Now, if I choose to say, I'm going to play for Australia, they're going to go, well, you can't play for England ever again. So you have to make that decision. So what often happens is you get the 17, 18-year-olds coming in and you go, this guy's quite good. Jack Grealish is a perfect example. Play for Republic of Ireland at mm-hmm. under 21s, under 19s, under 18s. And then when, if I play for the Republic of Ireland first team, I can't play for England I want to play for England and ducked out of it and went, I'll wait and waited four or five years and got his chance. And so I think. Same with Tim Cahill, played for Samoa, didn't he? Yeah. Wilf Saha played um, a friendly for England first team and then wasn't getting picked, so went and played for Nigeria. Um, So it's happening So I think younger players All
0: of this nationalistic We just had a a Five minute conversation About you know How it feels To Cesc Fabregas Going well If you're going to win it You're going to win it For your country Mm. Well really? But yes Is Will Zaha Not English?
1: He was uh, born in England to Nigerian parents. No, I'm, I'm asking that yeah. kind of flippantly. Like, yeah.
0: When you li- listen to the bloke, talk to the bloke, he's oh, yeah, He's, like, he's, he's London you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so is is that making a mockery of the whole thing? Making more of a mockery of the whole thing?
1: No, and I think, though, that coming back to the point that you made about is it the development of the player at the club, not the player at the club, but maybe the individual's career. So if again, if I'm at Wilf Saha's standard of footballer, and I go, okay, I could play international football or not play international football. I'm going to choose to play international football. And I love my parents and I love where they're from, etc. So still care about it. But he'd probably say, I'm English and I'm Nigerian, which you can be. That's perfectly fine. Of course, fine. yeah, yeah. And um, so I think if the opportunity is there to play international football, he could go to a World Cup with Nigeria. He could win an African Cup of Nations and he could... Do all that. You're going to do that rather than go, I'm not going to get in the England team and never have the opportunity to play international football. But this is where I go back to the difference between um,
0: representing yourself as a footballer or or your nation as, as a footballing nation or the nationalism that sits behind it. Because if it was an if it was the nationalism that made that choice for Wilf Zaha, and by the way, I'm not judging Wilf <laughs> Zaha for making his choice because players do it all the time, yeah. and this is, the, you know, you make the most of your life of the structure presented to you. No judgment on that. Mm. Do what you like, yeah. Wilf. You've done great. Yeah, better than me. Yeah, uh, but
1: <laughs> we'll, just, you just you had quite a good left uh, foot. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah on, on my day, John. On my day. Um, but what, what was what was my point? Yeah, the the. the Wilf Zaha would have a nationalistic sense of being English, playing for England. Mm. It's only kind of a footballing sense that he's gone, Okay, well, my career, my pragmatic Wilf Zaha is going to go, I would rather in my life play international football.
1: I'm going to ask a wider, more philosophical question that's going somewhere else other than football, but kind of. But do you think, and we were both brought up in England um, and at English, Nationalism in England is a dirty word. Yeah. So I would feel I would never put a um, St. George's cross out the window during the World Cup time or whatever, because you look at it and you go racist. (laughs) (laughs) And you do. That's like that's ingrained in me that when you go that far nationalistic and what the UK looks as nationalistic and wearing the flags and the hooliganism and stuff, I go, I don't want to be part of that. And so when we talk about nationalism and nationalistic, having been brought up in the UK through our childhood, for me, it's dirty. And I just go, oh, I don't like it. And I don't know whether that's just from my history and what I've been through. And I don't know what that's like for any individual. So if you're have been, if you Will Sahar who's been brought up in the UK, but with Nigerian parents or you're Mane living in Senegal, or whatever that nationalism looks like. But I know as an English football fan brought up in England... The Saint George's cross and all that, and the hooliganism, just makes me feel a bit gross.
0: Well, yeah, it's it's, it's tribalism, isn't it? And it's 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 very broad tribalism when it's when it's about your country. Mm. Um, yes, you're right. And being brought up in the age we did in the UK, it's got a lot more weight to it than it should yeah. do. It shouldn't be like that, and it should be more like it is here in Australia, mm. where everyone and their uncle could fly an Australian flag, and you know that it's because they support the Australian team yeah. and they have pride in where they come from and that's it. There's no undercurrent of we're English and if you're not, fuck off. yeah. You know, which we were brought up in a world in the, in the that 80s was, in England. Yeah. That, that's, that's the way it kind yeah. of was. Um, so it, it makes, me, makes me feel like... So when you're watching a football game, when you're watching an England game versus when you're, you're a Man United fan, when you're watching a Man United game, if you are in the middle of Singapore and mm. you find a TV, and you find a Man United game on, and there's a Man United fan there, mm. you, from wherever in the world, you would be chuffed to bits to talk to him about yeah. the game. You, yeah. You'd love talking about football. Yeah. Would you feel the same if you, if you just met an Englishman talking about England?
1: If it was an individual, but if it was a group of Englishmen, I'd probably go i stay over here. But if it's a group of Man United fans, you'd
0: walk over and you'd be well involved. Yeah, you'd, you'd tell me the story about it and you'd yeah. love it. Yeah. So there is a different kind of level of the tribalism and the nationalism mm-hmm. in in what you spend your week loving. It's almost like yeah. your your love is Man United, You're, and and you associate yes. more with those who have the same love. Yeah. Your but obligation your, is... Yeah, your obligation is your country. <laughs> yeah. and, and because of that, those who have the same obligation, you don't necessarily associate with in the same way. So do they represent you the same way? I'd, I'd hazard you're not represented by all Englishmen. No. In the same way...
1: That, I mean, no, that it's... makes
0: sense, but you would be more represented by most Man United fans.
1: Yeah, you'd think so. Um, but I also... And bring it back to the football world... The, the football world is a very individual world now. So when players are interviewed, they talk about they need to get contracts. they need to get. So it's a world where you, if you get injured, your career is over and they have to make the most of their career. So as an individual in that scenario, you've got to make the most of your career and get as far as possible as you can. Get the best contracts you can, play for the best clubs you can and play for the best country you can. I would never, ever stop anyone who goes... I have, like, the Irish team in the 90s, which Andy Townsend and Tony Cascarino, who it found out had no Irish blood whatsoever in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, they kind of... Jack Charlton tells a story that um, when Ireland played Italy in the 94 World Cup and Ireland won 1-0, and all the Irish fans turned up. And Jack Charlton turned around to Tony Cascarino and went, you're the only Italian here," (laughs) 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 And... um, But that team was built of players who going, I want to play international football. I've got an opportunity to go to World Cup. And they've gone down in history and they did Ireland proud. And Irish people, as far as I know, I can't talk for them, but as far as I know, love that team. And we're like, it was great going to the 90 World Cup, going to the 94 World Cup. But a lot of those players weren't born and bred Irish. They might have had Irish blood or Irish somewhere in their family tree or whatever and I think as an individual you want to play the pinnacle that you can get to you want to do the best you can so so what do you think about the um the
0: Qatar national team that has players like seven Brazilians oh yeah, Javier <laughs> Martinez or whatever his name is you're like, really yeah. you, you could you know they they found a loophole in the FIFA rules to bring in players and nationalize them in time to make them good at football
1: yeah that's I'm not a big fan of that.
0: So where's it stop? Where's the where's the line stop? Why why is it why is it okay with Ireland and national pride, but yet have a Javier Martinez? The I'm Irish. Sorry if I've got his name wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, but the Irish one was based on you having Irish blood, so you can play for your national team if you are from that country, or you have direct, yeah, direct relation to your parents or grandparents or whatever from that country. What Qatar do, if you live in that country for five years, they give you sisters the ship. Yeah, so you play in their league. So yes, yeah, so you play in their league, they pay you to play in their league, and then after five years they go, we'll promise you international football. It happens a same lot. Same here,
0: same in Australia. They were yeah. talking about Bruno Fornaroli playing for Australia. Yeah,
1: it happens a lot. In sports, like cricket, happens in athletics all the time because you can do it after two years in athletics. You can just live somewhere for two years and they go, yeah, you can represent that country. So you have people who've won gold medals for different countries. Um, That happens a lot. Happens a lot less in football, but you can see it in those kinds. Qatar are looking at it going, we're hosting a World Cup in three years' time. Two years' time? Jesus. That came (laughs) out quick. (laughs) Um, In two years' time, um, we don't want to embarrass ourselves. Let's plough. They obviously have lots of money. Plough some money and getting some people to live here, and just go. You get to play in a World Cup. You're going to get to be the host nation at a World Cup. It might not be the kind of perfect dream, but also you're set up for life. Is your finances sorted? You just got to live in a desert for six weeks, six years. So doesn't that? If I'm going to go back to my original question,
0: doesn't that make the whole thing pretty fucking pointless? No, because they're
1: not going to win the World Cup.
0: If what if they did, John? If yes. If it gets when the, you, that, South Korea got to the got to the semi-final.
1: Yeah, if it um but South Korea was built of South Korean players. So they just Okay, yeah, yeah Fair um, point. Um But we we talked about whether you have a Premier League versus um La Liga game and whether that's a more true representation. If it gets to the point where national teams are built around people just nationalizing people and going, Come and live here for five years, come and live here for five years, then you've completely decimated the World Cup. The reason I don't think that could ever happen is because the there's a few big leagues, and I think there's such footballing history and so the Brazilians all come and live over here in europe over here in Europe and in Australia right now, but uh, over in europe and um but they don't end up representing those countries they live in, because they're proud of the Brazilian history. Apart from Diego Costa. Yes. (laughs) Yes, very much so. Apart
0: from Diego Costa. So, okay, I'm going to take your points on board, and I'm going to think about the week that was, and you say that you're happy to wake up at five o'clock in the morning to watch England play I know it's 6.45,
1: which is actually more annoying, because I can't finish the game before I start work. So I prefer the five am games. <laughs>
0: but- so look, I like watching England play football. Mm. I enjoy it as a very interesting spectacle. I like knowing that you have an infinite squad of mm. English players, and you can always, you know, prove Gareth Southgate right or wrong. But I'm not going to wake up at six forty five in the morning to watch it
1: tomorrow. I find, but for me, it's the, it's the rarity of getting in, seeing to see England play. So because it does, you watch Man United every week and twice a week and. It is, and there's news about it, and, it's, and we talk about it every week, and it kind of circles around. And, for me, the fact that England are playing tomorrow, I'm like, is Jack Grealish going to play? Is Jude Bellingham going to play? I want to see Jude Bellingham play. I don't get to see him play for Dortmund. Play, watch Dortmund, where he's going to
0: play better, more consistently, with players that trust him, that he trusts in a, in a system that's, that's dynamic and forward-thinking, <laughs> and he's not going to be shoehorned in with 20 minutes to go and get three touches of the
1: ball, and you're like, oh, Jude Bellingham, he's good.
0: How do you know? Watch him play for Dortmund.
1: Well, no, that's a fair point, but also I'm looking forward to seeing him in an England shirt and seeing how he goes. Because if he plays Just well, a photo, John. I'm sure <laughs> he played last week. <laughs> but if he plays well in centre defence and midfield, you suddenly go, oh, there's an option there for the Euros. And for me, it's all you know. At the start, when the world's normal and there isn't a COVID going on, and there isn't squash seasons, and it's not a tournament year. You know those weird years where mm. there's actually. A holiday, a summer holiday. Six or eight weeks off from football. And about two weeks in, you start going mad. And then about three or four weeks in, you start watching Man United away at Yeovil. In a season friendly that's filmed on a someone's handheld, hundred
0: percent, yeah. It's, it's, it's and, like the preseason's away in Austria. Yeah, they're in the in the mountains with and, some goats in the back. And we yeah.
1: signed like some kid from Norway called Oli Gunnar Solskjaer or something. And you're like, oh, I want to see him play. See, and, you, and he comes on for five minutes. at The end. And like, oh, that was brilliant. Oh, he came on, didn't do anything. But for me, that's what England games are like. It's always going what could happen at the Euros or what could happen at the World Cup in two years, I get a little glimpse now of what could possibly happen.
0: So it's like it's an investigative process.
1: Yeah, so it's long haul. So that's why I don't like... Roger and I have disagreed lots over whether Southgate... And we've talked about this. This was on um, the Shedders and Volleys Facebook group. We put Roger's message up about... um, us playing with a flaccid penis or something. <laughs> um, but Roger oh, and usually I usually play with a flaccid penis, otherwise no, it, get, it gets in awkward. the way, John. Um, and uh, it, Roger and I disagree around whether Southgate's the right person for the job or not and what we should do with that. But I always look at it in the big picture of kind of in two years' time, if we get to a tournament and we have two or three ways of playing and we have two or three different options off the bench... We're in a good spot. And what we're doing now is trying to work out what they are. What happens now doesn't really matter. Okay. Does that make sense? It, may,
0: it makes sense. It makes sense. And, and look, I don't even know what I believe. I just... <laughs> I just... I can't ignore the voices in my head as I go through the international cycle going, what is the point in all of this?
1: And g- g- going back a week, which feels like a long time in the world right now, the week that the last Premier League was on and we spoke about this, the last Premier League was on, the US election was on and there was a huge like amount of COVID stuff going on, news that we opened up in Victoria and we could go out, etc. And we got to the weekend and the football was on. And my brain didn't have the brain power or space to go, oh, I'm excited about Man United playing. I didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And we played Everton against you. And I didn't give it you. And yeah, it was so tough, usually yeah. every year, those games, we get really excited about and dive into and talk about and watch them together. And I didn't give a shit. And I, said, I messaged you and said, I'm actually looking forward to the international break because it's a change of pace and a change of scenery. And now next weekend, I can't fucking wait to watch Man United play.
0: No, f- fair enough. If... If international football gives you a mental break, John, then we should keep the schedule as it is. Yes.
1: It only took half an hour, but we got there. It's all about me.
0: No, fair point. I, I would like to see the European, the league versus league competition set up one day in the future. I think that would be an interesting spectacle. And I would I would hazard that you'd get... Yes, you don't want to go, you don't want to be a fan of the Premier League. No. I get the, the dirty money side of that. But how fucking cool would that be?
1: Man, you know, they do do the tours to Australia and stuff. Imagine if it was an EPL All Stars against a Liga All Stars. It'd be incredible, yeah. You'd just be like, yes, this is the greatest thing ever. It'd be absolutely
0: incredible. And, you, and you'd argue that those teams would play better football than the international sides of that yeah. nation. And
1: Belgium would not be the best team in the world. Although they've never played together. What They're, do you mean? So, because if you're, say, Messi's playing with Ramos at the back, or whatever. Oh, the A
0: League, sorry, the, the La Liga All Stars would just be two two and a half teams, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, true. <laughs> so most of them play together anyway. The, the, yeah,
1: true. But like, take like the Premier League, it would—they don't usually play together. So you chuck them together. No one, no one's good when you chuck them together. They'd love it. They'd come back after the tournament. And they'd all get signed for Man City. Yeah, true. Yeah, maybe they'd all play Man City, and we'll just—oh, like, this is boring.
0: <laughs> yeah, last year it would just have been Liverpool, wouldn't it? It's yeah. just, just <laughs> represent, representing the Premier League. Yeah. Well, my beer's done John mine too good one good chats yeah great thanks for coming um, I'm not going to get up I hope you have a great morning tomorrow by the time this gets released it will be interesting I'll... to see how good a time you've had I'll have a great one yeah good. <laughs>